what the scripture says. Amen? You say, how did all that work? I don't know. <laughs> we don't get a lot of detail on this thing. But nonetheless, this is what was going on at this particular pool. And now the Bible says in verse number 5, And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. It does not mean that he was at the pool for 38 years. But he was sick for 38 years, and he had been at the pool for a very long time, no doubt. And Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been there a long time in that case. And he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? I had to smile tonight. Uh, uh, Karis uh, was helping me pick out the songs tonight, and she had no idea what I was preaching on. But that very first song that we sang, the very first verse that we sang, the very first line says, uh, The Spirit's wooing me when I called unto him and said, uh, whenever he called unto me and said, Wilt thou me made whole? I just thought that was so great how the Lord worked in that. The impotent, the impotent man answered him, saying, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Now, that's a pitiful situation, isn't it? I mean, you've been lying there for a long time. I mean, you would think that maybe there would be somebody that would say, Hey, you've been here a long time. I guess there was no seniority status at the pool of Bethesda. It's just whoever got there first, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, there was no waiting list down there. It was just, if you got there, you got there. And every time he was crawling up there to get in, I mean, he couldn't walk. I mean, he's on his, maybe he's crawling with his elbows. You ever seen anybody that didn't have any legs or was impotent or anything like that, use their elbows to crawl or anything? I've been in third world countries like that, and they use their elbows, have pads on their elbows and everything, they crawl with their elbows. And he couldn't get in. And just about the time that he'd get in, somebody would step in before him. It's just a pitiful situation. And Jesus saith unto him, this is our text tonight, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed and walked, and on the same day was the Sabbath day. Now I'm not here to get into all the Sabbath things with that, but I just want to say this, is that we're in verse number 8, where he says, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. I really, it's not even really the text verse, it's only really one word. It's the word walk. It's amazing to me that God, God is a God of action. He is a God of action. God is not a God to sit still. We are not told, nor is it revealed to us in the word of God, nor by a prophet, nor by the son of a prophet, what God was doing before the worlds were made. But, we cannot imagine him doing nothing, just based upon the revelation that we have in our own word. I don't know what he was doing. According to the word that we have before us, all the revelation that we have in the word of God, we are consistently reminded that God is a God of movement. He took six days to make the heavens and the earth, and only one day to rest. Think about that. Now, some of us might like it the other way around, right? Seven, six to rest and one to work, amen? Uh, but God said, no, six to work and one to rest. That was what he planned it out. In the first three verses of the Bible, we read this. Verse 1, God created. Verse 2, the Spirit moved. Verse 3, God said. Action, action, action. 
God is a God of action. He's a God of movement. So it is no wonder that in His Word that He has given His creatures the ability to move. Has anybody ever been scuba diving or snorkeling before? Have you ever been in a coral reef? It's very interesting. The thing about coral is this, is that if you are snorkeling amongst the coral, uh, you can't see the coral moving. But if you were to take a camera and put it in an underwater camera and put that on there for several hours and then sped up the film, you would see that the coral is actually moving. It's a living thing. It's moving all the time. It's alive. God, from the tiniest of little creatures, He has given them the ability to move. The turtle, though slow, He still moves. God has called us to move. It's called us to walk. We can learn a lot about just observing God's creatures. I'd like to preach a message one day of what I just read in the book of Mark and the Gospels where it says that Jesus, when he was in the wilderness being tempted of Satan, that he was also there with the wild beast. I don't know what that means. I don't know where that ties in somehow in the Word of God, but I'd like to preach a sermon on that sometime. I'd like to figure out how it does. 413 times in your Bibles that are in front of you, 413 times, God uses the word walk in one form or another. Do you realize that? I didn't know that. 413 times. It is one of the most used action words in all of God's Word. Now, let's just be practical here for a minute. Could it be that we are neglecting physically one of God's most important principles because all we have now are cars and bikes and trains and buses and planes? I do think there's something to be said about returning to the exercise of just walking. Biomed Clinic, uh, a peer-reviewed journal, found out in 2011 that they determined that, and several other journals have determined this since 2011, that healthy adults take anywhere between 4,000 to 18,000 steps in a day, and that 10,000 steps in one day should be a reasonable target for any healthy adult. Did you check your steps today? Where are you at? (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know how it is. Maybe one step that would help us to have a better relationship with God is, just think about this for a moment, is if we were more disciplined in our physical activity. A lot of times people that are not disciplined in their physical activity are not disciplined in their spiritual activity. Now, of course, some people, God bless her, Miss Blue and some others, they're not able to be physical. I don't know, don't take me wrong with that, okay? And that's not what I mean. I mean, if you're physically able to move and to get around, then we ought to be doing so. Paul did say in 1 Timothy 4.8, he says, For bodily, profit, bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable on all things, having promises of the life that now is and of that which is to come. He did say that it is profitable a little bit. And I think Paul maybe has said that tongue-in-cheek in a way because he walked everywhere he went. To put it bluntly, let us never expect to be great walkers and spiritual giants with God if we're just couch potatoes. 
All right? I know that's being blunt, but let us never think that. Let us never think if we're lazy in life, then we're going to be strong with God. I believe the two go hand in hand. Diligent at work and diligent, if you're going to be diligent with God, then it would also prove out that you'd be diligent in work. If you'd be, uh, if you'd be uh, serving God, exercising, uh, exercising I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm a great exerciser or anything, but to try to stay physical, try to stay active. It would help us all. Jesus was a walker. I find several times in his disciples, he found his disciples while he was out on a walk. He was walking by the sea. Uh, he was found walking on the sea when he calmed the storm. He was found walking after his resurrection, and he would have kept walking past the, disciples, the two disciples' house had, he not, had they not stopped them to ask him to come and eat with them. And if you read the words of Jesus Christ in red in in your Gospels, you'll find that one of his favorite ways to illustrate following him is by using the word walk. Walk. But I have this text today in front of you because I want us to see something that stands out to me very, very plain. And that is this, is that here you have this man that has not been able to walk for 38 years. We don't know what happened to him. He wasn't born this way necessarily, but it seems to me that there was some kind of disease or maybe some kind of accident or something like this, and he had some kind of infirmity that made him crippled, made him impotent, made him not be able to walk anymore. And Jesus approaches this man, and he's asking him this simple question, Wilt thou be made whole? And the man says, I I don't have anybody to help me to get in the water. I'd like to, of course, but I I don't have any way to, to, to accomplish this task. And Jesus looks down at the man and he just tells him plainly and simply, rise, take up thy bed and walk. Walk. He comes to a man and his very first thing that he tells him is get up and start walking, man. Get moving. Get going along. And when I read my Bible and I've read through many texts here, I haven't read through all, I didn't read through all 413, okay? I'll make a confession on tonight. But I've done, I will admit this, that as I've read, that I have found out that God is calling Christians and children of God always to action. He's calling us to move, not to sit and soak. You can find that illustrated in how He tells us to pray, how He tells us to keep or guard. He tells us to fight. He tells us to run. He tells us to witness. He tells us to love. He tells us to forgive. It could be a myriad of different ways in which we are active in the Christian life, no doubt. But this word walk defines them all. Paul tells the Titus in Titus 1 verses 12 and 13, one of themselves, even a prophet of their own, saying that said this, that the Christians are always liars and evil beasts and slow bellies. This witness is true, wherefore rebuke them sharply, that they may be sound in the faith. Let's not be Christians, amen? Let's not be slow bellies tonight. You know what a slow belly is? It's a grommadizer, a glutton, a glut, a slothful person. May none of us be that way, amen? Evil beast, slow bellies. Listen, my friend, God has put all Christians at the beginning of their, of their salvation experience into active duty. There are no 
reserves in the Christian life. There are no reserves. Are you a believer in Jesus Christ here tonight? You're in active duty right now. There are no reserves. You say, well, I'm just kind of on the back burner. I'm just kind of waiting for the call. No, listen, the call has been made. Rise, take up thy bed and walk. That's when it came. When you got saved, you were put into enlistment at that very moment. You were put right into it. And you are told to walk with God. I look throughout my Bible and I find these words. For the Lord thy God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. And many shall go and say, Come ye and let us go up into the mountain to the house of God and to Jacob. And he will teach us his ways. We will walk in his paths. And on and on and on I could go. I could go about 400 more. Walking with God. Wonder why I thought about this. Why is this such a common phrase? Number one, I think it is this, is because walking is common. It's easy to understand. It's common. Jesus sees this man that's not able to walk, and you know what? That's an unusual thing. I'm not trying to poke fun at anybody that is, has a candy cap like that tonight, but if you notice somebody that uh, is not able to walk, maybe they're in a wheelchair or something like that, hey, you, you see them and you notice them. Why, why is that? Because that's unusual. Because everybody else is, is walking that's around them. Everybody else is, is moving. But this one here, he cannot walk. It wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't normal. People were made to walk, you think. It's common. Walking is not limited to young. It's not limited to the old or to the big, the small. It's not limited to your color, your creed, or your size. In fact, walking is so generally thought of sometimes that if somebody is not able to walk, then we might think it to be strange. And we might even, if you lose the ability to walk, then you will become depressed. You'll become depressed. You'll feel different yourself. Because you've gotten so accustomed to it. God desires that we follow Him and this way is to be walking. Walking is as ordinary and as commonplace as it is whenever you get up in the morning you don't even think about it. You get up out of bed and what do you do? You walk to the kitchen, you walk to the restroom, you walk to your closet to get ready or whatever you do, whatever the first thing you do in the morning, you just get up and you get going. Walking is common. It's so common that in Genesis chapter number 3, take your Bibles and go all the way back to the book of Genesis. Let me just, the, the, the Bible, I've shared this with you before. This is not new with me, but you're probably familiar with this law some call it the law of first mentions. It's, a, it's the teaching that there is a lot of times 
a special, you might say, emphasis behind a word the first time that it's mentioned in the Word of God. There's a lot of importance sometimes. Genesis 22, I think John Yall shared that with us one time, has, uh, and Genesis 22 has the most words of the law of first mentions in all the Bible in that chapter. Um, very interesting. A lot of words mentioned for the very first time in the Word of God in Genesis 22. You know what that chapter is, don't you? It's the sacrifice of Isaac there upon the altar uh, and God sparing his life. No doubt. Uh, uh, but nonetheless, look here in chapter number 3 in verse number 8. Law of first mentions. First time you find the word walk or walking or any form of it. And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam hid his, and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. God was found walking his voice there in the cool of the day. He was walking in order that. Why was he walking? What was he going to do? Well, no doubt what he was going to do was he was going to walk with Adam and Eve. And he found it strange that they weren't there walking with him. And the Lord, because the verse number nine, the very verse, the next verse says, And the Lord called out unto Adam and said, Where art thou? It was strange to God that Adam was not there walking with him. This is unusual because for all the time that had been up to this point, we don't know how long it was, is that God was in Adam and Eve were walking with each other. They were with each other. They were side by side. They were hearing each other and talking with each other. It was a usual occurrence that happened on a daily basis, it seems like. Now, all of a sudden, God comes into the garden, expects to walk with... Of course we know, listen to me, I understand that God's omniscient and He knows what had happened before it ever happened. And, but when He went into that, that garden, He expected to walk with His creation. And guess what? They're not there to walk with Him. You realize that in the situation that we are in today, that mankind as a whole is in an, is in an out of ordinary situation with God? As a whole, people are not walking with God. Do you realize that is, that is unusual? Because God made mankind for His own glory, for His own purpose, for them to have fellowship with Him, but sin broke that fellowship. And when it broke that fellowship with God, God and mankind's walk was broken also. Christian, can I tell you something tonight? is that you are sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. Amen? You, you are sealed by His blood, by His Holy Spirit. There is no way, shape, or form if you've believed upon Jesus Christ to save you from your sins. The Bible lets us know that we have eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But I can tell you this, is that if you sin and you rebel or, or you go against God or you stop walking according to His Word, you will break the fellowship. You'll break the fellowship. And life's going to be a little off kilter. And life's going to be a, a, out of step, if you will, pardon the pun. Because you, as a Christian, even more so, have been born again to walk with God. And when we get out of step, out of line with Him, it's out of ordinary. It's strange. It's not normal. There's a book that uh, a pastor, uh, now he's an evangelist, his name, was Rick, his name is Rick Flanders, still preaches. He's an older man, but he wrote a book about revival. And I loved his title on revival. 
It said, the title for his book on revival is called Normal. It's called Normal. And the whole premise of the book is this, is that a lot of times in our Christian walk in our life is that we're looking for something extraordinary. And when we think about revival, but his premise of his book is this, is that, is that whenever you're walking with God and you're revived on a constant daily basis, then that is just simply normal. That's what we're supposed to be doing. It's the way we're supposed to be living. Walking is common. Walking is simple. Walking is simple. Did anybody's child in here start walking at nine months old? Which one? Luke did. Nine months old. Nine months old. I've heard of that before. We never had that. We, ours were always past the year mark and everything. Uh, but nine months old. A little nine-month-old can walk. They can get up and they can get moving. Some animals can walk in just a few hours after they're born. Uh, God has not called us to a hard task. He says, rise, take up thy bed and walk. Just walk with God. You don't have to run. Amen? Come on now, somebody. I mean, you don't got to run. You don't have, it's not a strenuous thing. You don't got to backpack 90 pounds on your back and try to run, run a marathon or anything like that. Walking is not a sport. Now, there might be some, and somebody's going to defy me on that and be like, well, we have these, you know, listen to me. If that's a, that is not a sport, okay? All right? Walking is not a sport, okay? I'll just stand on that, okay? And I know that's not in the Bible, but nonetheless. Uh, it's not a, it's, it's, in all reality, it's not a strenuous activity. It doesn't require great physical strength or ability. It's simple, it's easy, it's straightforward. Take your Bibles over to the book of 1 John. Now, understand, I hope you're taking all this into context of what I'm saying here. Well, I got a broken leg, preacher. Okay, I get that, all right? I sprained my ankle last week or something, okay? Yes, we understand those kinds of things. I'm just speaking generally here, obviously. You're there in 1 John. Look here at verse number 12. He says, I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young, unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because you have known the Father. I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. Verse 14, I have written unto you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. What's the point, preacher? Well, did you see all the people in the list? Little children, young men, fathers. Little children, young men, fathers. Walking is simple. Christians of all ages can walk with God. Your spiritual stamina, whenever it comes to walking God, is not in question. Here is this man. He's been taken with infirmity for 38 years. And what is the very first thing that Jesus tells him? Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. Get moving. Walk. Go. 
Let's go. This is a great spiritual analogy for all of us that are believers in Jesus Christ right now. Of course, we understand that the story is speaking of something very physical. But we should always understand that though these are physical stories and real stories, they really happen, is that they are serving us, they are serving us now as a spiritual illustration for us in our lives. So that we may have a better understanding on how to live a Christian life with Jesus Christ. Rise, take up thy bed and walk. I find it interesting that Jesus doesn't have an interview with the man. He asks him one question, of course. The man explains to him why he's there. And then Jesus immediately says, rise, take up thy bed and walk. He doesn't sit down in the chair and have him lay down on the bed or anything and say, now tell me your problems. What has been going on? What happened in your childhood? Or anything like that. Tell me about this accident, this infirmity that you had. When did you get sick? All of these. Do you really want to be healed? I mean, really, really, really want to be healed. He doesn't do any of this. One question, wilt thou be healed? He tells him the reason that he's at the place, and he says, okay, fine. Rise, take up thy bed, and what is it now? Walk. Get moving. And the man does. He believes God. Do you realize, take your Bibles one more place. Uh, maybe not one more place, but Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11. If you're in 1 John, you don't have to go far. You just go over to the left a little bit. Let's look at verse 3. Hebrews eleven three. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen are not made by the things which do appear. What, how, did we understand that, that, how do we understand that God made the heavens and the earth? How do we understand that? By what? What is it by? by yes. But what does he say in verse number 3? Through what? Through faith. Through faith. That we're, I, I did say by. I'm sorry about that. By the word of God. Through faith. Look at verse number 6. But without what? Faith. It is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of him that diligently seek him. Faith. How did this man take up his bed, rise, take up his bed, and walk? How did that all come about? Faith. He believed Jesus Christ to be saying to be true, and he did what he said for him to do. Say, I... I just don't think that I can walk with God. Well, you're not going to. Because walking requires faith. Requires trust. I just don't think I can take another step. Well, if you're resting and trusting in yourself, then no. But even something as simple as walking with God takes faith on a daily basis. Take small steps. You took a step tonight in the right direction, I believe. You said, I've got time, I'm willing, I'm able. I can come to church tonight. You took a good step. You woke up this morning and you said, you know what, I've got to find some time to read my Bible. 
He said, I'm going to walk with God. And if I'm going to walk in his word, I've got to know his word. So you read his Bible. You read his word this morning. Maybe you got a chance, a privilege to witness to somebody. You're walking with God, and God put it in your heart to talk to somebody, and you gave them a gospel track. You told them about church. You said there'll be Bill Miller's fried chicken there on Sunday. Come and eat some. I don't know what you did today, but in some way, shape, or form, it could have been just very small. It could have been just that somebody offended you and you just needed to simply say, it's okay, I forgive you. But just take small steps. And finally, walking shows movement. As I said in the introduction, is that God is a God of movement. When you're, in a, when, you're in, when you're in a state of walking, nobody questions whether you're moving or not. Now, some of you walk faster than me, and some of you walk slower than me. But that doesn't make any difference. If we're all walking together, nobody's going to look at us and go, well, that one right there, so they're, they're not moving. <laughs> then we'd look back at them and say, no, you're crazy, all right? Now, we're all moving. We're just moving at a different pace. God's not concerned so many times about the pace, and sometimes we, we want to know, how fast am I getting around the track? What's my, what's my stops like? What, are, what, are you, what am I measuring out at? But God's not so many times concerned about the pace sometimes. He's just concerned, are you moving? Are you keeping on keeping on with God? Are you persevering? Are you continuing on today with the Lord? God is a God of movement. Is God moving today? Of course He is. Do we always see God moving? No, we don't. But He's always moving. He's always doing something. Whenever you're walking with God, you're moving. And the question I have to say is this, are you moving closer to Him or are you moving away from Him? Whenever Karis and I were getting to know each other, I can remember when I first got to know her, you know, when you first get to know somebody that you're interested in, I mean, you're not right up on, on them, you know what I mean? I mean, your, 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 your distance, you know, this was a safe distance right here, you know what I mean? You know, I was such a chicken, I had to ask one of her friends, do you, do, do, does she like me? You know what I mean? That was kind of, I was so, uh, I wasn't very good at all of that. But the, I found that the, the, that the more we, got to know each other and like each other and, and one day start to love each other and things like that, is that, guess what? This distance right here, it closed, you know? You know what? Whenever you love God and are walking with God, is that you might feel like God is a long ways away, but as you grow to love him and know him more and walk with him more, that distance closes, my friend. You know more about him. You know more about him. But you know what's interesting is this, is that though we've been married almost 17 years, and though I believe we're just as close as we've ever been, is that I could do something today or tonight or tomorrow or something like that, that though we're as close as we've ever been, that guess what? that could go like this again. 
It could start moving this way. And don't you ever think that, well, I've been this for so long, or I've been a Christian for so long, and I've read my Bible all the way through, and, and I've prayed for Miss So-and-so, and I've done this, and oh, I've done that, and I've taught this, and I've, and I've witnessed here, and I've all done all of these kinds of things. Listen, my friend, listen, is that you could just do a few things or one thing or start moving in a different direction than what God is going in, and your distance from God starts going this way. You and I are as close to God as we want to be. Think about that. You're as close to God as you want to be. God hasn't moved. He's immutable. Unchangeable. Your fellowship, though, can be hindered when you stop walking with Him. When you stop keeping his word, when you stop praying, when you stop reading your Bible, when you stop loving God as others. And I have been enjoying my Bible this year. I don't have any problem saying that. And I don't say that, I don't say that proud. I have just been enjoying my Bible this year more than I ever have. But I've just been enjoying it because I've been trying to read God's word differently this year. I want God's word to be God's word. Does that make sense to y'all? I want it to be God's word. I want to, if I can put it in some of y'all's teenager, I want God to be texting with me, okay? I want God to be calling me. I want to be on the phone. I want to be like, I want it to be like, like I'm on the other end of the line and God's talking to me right here through his book. I want to, I want to know what he's saying right here. And I know it sounded silly when I might have said that earlier in Mark that, that God, you know, that Jesus was there in the wilderness with the wild beast. But, but I want to know, God, why did you put that in there, you know? Why did you put that in there, God? I just think that's kind of cool how you did that. You put little details in there in the Word of God. And, and God, I want to know more about you. God, I want to know who you are. God cares about us, folks, and God wants to talk to us, but he ain't going to talk to us if we're not getting into his book. And I don't mean getting into his book and just reading a psalm or a proverb or a heap book and a book in the chapter in the Gospels and going, well, I've done my Bible reading for the day or or hey, I even say this. I mean, I'm all for reading the Bible through in a year, and I think everybody ought to do that. All right. But if you're just reading the Bible through for a year just to get the Bible done through for for a year, then my friend, you're doing it for the wrong reason. You need to get in God's Word to get in God's Word because it's God's Word. To get it in your heart. He wants to talk to you. And He's not going to do it through dreams and revelations. I'm just going to say that. He's going to do it right here. This is it. You stop being truthful. You stop... Loving God, you stop loving others, you stop being ready, you stop moving, and you just become a stubborn old mule. Nobody how and and the problem when with a stubborn sometimes with a stubborn old Christian is this is that God knows you're stubborn and Everybody else knows you're stubborn, your kids know you're stubborn, and your wife knows you're stubborn, and your husband knows you're stubborn, your church knows you're stubborn, but the only person that doesn't know they're stubborn is the person that's stubborn. And that's really the brass tacks. 
Kind of reminds me of whenever you're sitting at a stoplight and the light turns green, but you got your head buried in your phone, you know? Not you, I'm saying the person in front of you, right? And you got your head buried in your phone, and everybody starts honking, and you start looking around, and you get mad. Wow, they honking at me, you know? And you, you kind of get defensive about it. And then finally, you kind of get a little shamefaced because you look up and you realize the light's green, you idiot. You know, it's time to go. Or if you think about it another way, when folks get older, you know, or you don't even have to be old, you could have something else that could be wrong with you. Is that sometimes when the folks get older or some other things that may happen to them, they experience something called they get sedentary. And when they become sedentary is that they develop sometimes bed sores. And bed sores turn into infections. And infections, Mercer, staph, the rest of it, could literally kill you. So when you stop walking with God as a believer... You might be embarrassed because you should have been walking and you weren't walking, or you might have to face some consequences because you should have been walking, should have been moving, and you weren't moving. And it caused an infection. I've been kind of general with everything here tonight, and I've meant to do that. Because I just want us to see in this message here tonight that God desires for us to be walking with Him. Great men of God have always walked with God. You can read about them in the stories of Enoch, Noah, Abraham, and Isaac. Jesus told the man, rise, take up thy bed, and walk. He told him to do. I've been reading in Deuteronomy, and I'm, I'm underlining every single time that the Lord says to do His Word. Action. Action. Walking, moving with God. Ye shall walk in the, all the ways which the Lord God hath commanded you, that ye may live, that it may be well with you, and that ye may prolong your days in the land which you shall possess. Therefore shalt thou keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and to fear him. And it shall be if thou do forget the Lord thy God and walk after other gods and worship them, I testify unto you this day that you will surely perish. For if you diligently keep all these commandments which I command you to do them and to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways and to cleave unto him. My friend, he wants you to walk with him. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Noah was a just man, perfect in all his generations, and Noah walked with God. What is your life characterized by? Do people think of you as somebody that's walking with God? Walking with God? Or do they just see you as a Anybody else? Walking with God. It's common. It's the way it ought to be. It's what we should be doing. 
All of us. It's simple. His commandments are not grievous. They're not hard. And you know what? It's movement. Movement. You and I are as close to God as we want to be. May God give us the grace and the faith to move closer to Him, walking with God. May God help us to walk with Him.